0: I.V.M.
1: you're listening to IVM Likes it is our show Indus Fox Media's podcast where we as a podcasting company recommend things that you should totally check out stuff that we really like I'm May and I'm your host and I've got with me Sharanya and Amit hey 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 so every week we're trying to recommend some form of media we have started out with a movie a book and a TV show that's what we did with our first episode and we're going to do the same thing today we might, we might switch around we might recommend podcasts yeah we might Connolly. recommend video games, uh, games. games um, a bar of chocolate that I don't that's know that's not really media I got oh, I yeah, got so so excited <laughs> <I'm like>, oh, <laughs> the <there's a> label <laughs> is so interesting yeah. you know. and it's so pretty <laughs> <laughs> that you think I want my face <laughs> to be on this yeah. <laughs> basically we recommend stuff, we'll recommend stuff. Yeah, stuff. yeah, recommend stuff with your free stuff. time
2: then we can recommend chocolates too yay
0: I mean, I'm happy now I feel like it, is, it should take a significant amount of your time it should be like recreational can Not I you something not, what
2: if have you, had you had have, of have of
1: chocolate <laughs> oh, <laughs> boss. have you ever tried my chocolate recommendation for this episode <laughs> have you guys tried Theobroma's dense loaf yes I have that stuff is lie. is my kryptonite oh. okay it's Crazy good, crazy good. So every week, one of us is going to recommend something. So this week I'm recommending a book, Amit is recommending a TV show, and Shania, we're recommending a movie. So why don't we kick off with you, Shania, what's the film that you're recommending?
0: Uh, Sure. I'm recommending this movie called What We Do in the Shadows, Mm -hmm. uh, which is written by uh, Jermaine Clement of Flight of the Concords and uh, Taika Wachiti. It's a movie made in New Zealand. It's a 2014 release. Um, it's absolutely one of the funniest mockumentaries
2: I have ever seen. That's your thing, is it? Mockumentaries? Oh, I, no,
0: actually, that's...
2: No, no, oh, it's not. Oh, it's not, oh, it's not, that's is turning so it out is. to be a trend, my friend.
0: I can't find a mockumentary book, I'm sure, for next time. <laughs> um, that's too much pressure. I
1: wouldn't put it past <laughs> you right now.
0: So, what we do in the shadows is about these uh, vampires who live in like this old house in New Zealand and they just they're really old obviously they're like 8,000 years old or like 130 years old which are the fairly younger zombies uh, vampires, vampires.
2: vampires.
0: Zombies. zombies and vampires I'm not really sure about the difference
2: guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're, they're significant it's it's subtle uh, Yeah, no, no it's not it's subtle, subtle at all different. vampires drink blood zombies are the living dead
1: yeah, but by they by also zombies. eat people.
2: They eat people. There's commonalities.
1: I'm not saying but, that they're like... I think, I think so. blood so, is drafts. the
0: common bit. No, no, no I mean there, there is,
2: there's intelligence. Our right? vampire is Zom-
0: not undead as well.
2: No, but there's intelligence, right? The, uh, the zombies are not really intelligent. No, no, no. They're oh, right, right, a, right. Rabbit, I eat vampire. you. It's like that a makes Hulk sense.
0: versus like... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> got it. So, um, on this movie basically, these vampires are trying to like adjust to 21st century uh, you know, modern technology and they like to go out and party and shit but they don't want like to people to know that they're vampires so they can't like if they want to go out and party to like get a victim or whatever Right? they have no reflections they have no way of telling what they look like so they have to like sketch it out for each other (laughs) Uh, so it's four roommates who live in the house and then uh, they have it's genuinely like one of those it's a very mundane kind of documentary where these guys are like vampires but you know one of them is not doing the dishes anymore and we don't know how to vacuum this house there's skeletons everywhere guys it's like if you're going to bring a victim over and drink their blood at least put some papers down you know my couch is now red you know that kind of stuff um why i want to talk about this is basically um of course it's really funny and you should watch it, but they're also coming out with uh, two sequels. One is a television sequel which is um, a TV show they're doing based on two like cops that have like a very tiny role in the movie. So these cops come, come over one time because they hear like there's some disturbance in the house and they want to check if like what's happening in this house. So these guys have to pretend that they're just regular people who live in this house. And um, the cops are so oblivious to, like, the blood and stuff. They're just like, guys, wait, that's a safety hazard. You can't keep fire next (laughs) to a plug point. (laughs) Um, You know, so the the cops are getting a show, like a separate TV show. And there's a movie sequel called Werewolves. Uh, So vampires hate werewolves, of course. So uh, in the movie, um, at some point, when the vampires get out to party, they run into, like, a gang of, like, werewolves. Right. Who are, of course, run by, um, you know, the guy... from Flight of the Concourse they are uh, Murray who plays their agent Uh, he's the werewolf's head and he's very clear about his rules you cannot swear because they're werewolves not
1: swearwolves (laughs) oh best joke
0: for today so the the mockumentary is basically um, following these this group of um, vampires because there's a big event at the end of the month which is the unholy masquerade where all like the you know demons of the night come together to like you know have fun and party (laughs) <laughs> and uh, only, the, only the camera crew is human, okay? And now the vampires really have to tell, like, all of the other friends that we're going to bring some humans. And that's against the rules. And that's oh. what the movie basically follows. Oh. Um, uh, there's also one really great bit where they transform this new vampire uh, called Nick who's so happy with the flying around you know that he keeps telling everybody I'm a vampire I'm a vampire guys uh, which of course <laughs> attracts some vampire hunters and then you know some shit goes down in the house it's very uh, dark guys yeah, um, yeah but the four of them so one of them one of the uh, vampires who's telling you the story is this guy called Viago he's three almost 400 years old 387 um, he's like this really sincere vampire who loves his friends he wants to like uh, he has like usual um you know, is he, is he the Ted Mosby of vampires? <laughs> I think that's a good way to put it. But he does have... Mm. So it's, it's so sincere because he basically came to... He's like a European uh, vampire. Mm-hmm. And he came to New Zealand because he fell in love with this girl. And um, so his uh, help at that time was trying to ship him also to New Zealand to meet her, but he put a wrong poster stamp and Viago got there 18 months later and the girl had met somebody else. But then that guy died and now they're together. Of course, she's 96 years old. <laughs> but he's, you know, he's he's three, he's three 379 years old and most people call him a cradle slasher. You know, that's the whole joke cause she's so old as well. Oh my God. And then there's Deacon who's Jermaine um, who's like this... Um, you know, he used to be this sexy dude But like a really bad breakup Really like killed him And now he has He's lost all his power uh, Because of like His vampire girlfriend Was like the worst They call her the beast Okay oh. And there's the youngest one Who is about one I think 136 years old He's the real sexy one basically He's just like You know, he's a rebel in the group oh. You know He has all these antics Where like He'll bring people over And he won't just go for like The regular biting He'll do some like He'll trick them into it He has like movie references To bait like victims And then there's Peter Who's 8,000 years old And he basically Just lives in his coffin All the time (laughs) Um, It's a It's a really well Thought out world
1: um, that's kind cool. I yeah, really so, yeah, love about this like, kind of stuff. Right? Yeah.
2: If there's good world building, then this stuff works. I know, right? and it's nice because yeah. it,
1: you you feel like you get involved in it, yeah. and you get you really get into it. All no, the nitty gritty. There's of it. nothing
2: more fun than trying to poke a hole or something, and then finding that there's no hole. That, <laughs> that's, actually, <laughs> that's, that, that's really a lot. It's fun.
1: great when you find no hole. That's, that's going to be the core
0: of the true. episode.
2: <laughs> okay. What's
0: really also fun about it. So basically, um, the new vampire that's new to their world called uh, Nick has a friend called Stu. And Stu's like a regular human being who comes over and starts to teach them like the internet. Or you know, how to text. Okay. And they're so amazed because they watch like the sunrise on YouTube and they're so happy because they can never <laughs> see a sunrise in real life. Oh. Biased, can't oh. handle, right? uh, but what's great about the story is that, so, Stu, apparently in real life is just like an IT guy on the show. Or like on the set. Yeah.
1: Okay. And they were like, hey, Ooh. we
0: should get Stu on to like, be a part of this movie. Because he was, like, a roommate of, like, yeah, yeah, tech, yeah, yeah. like right, the director. Yeah, right. So he was helping out on the set. And they were like, you should do this role. So he thought it was, like, a 20-second bit where he just had to sit in the back and sip coffee or something. Because they kept giving him more and more lines. And he's the only human who survives because the vampires love him. Because Stu's a really nice guy, guys.
1: Aww. You know. Aww. Which is really
0: great. And like, oh, he teaches them how to text. So then they start, like, prank texting each other. Hey, there's a crucifix behind you. You know,
1: that kind of stuff.
0: Which I thought was great. And then, uh, when they go to the Unholy Masquerade, one of the I think the other vampires asked Stu, Hey, what do you do? And Stu's like, I'm a software analyst. <laughs> and it's actually true. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um yeah, that's uh, just you should watch it because yeah. the sequel's coming out and it's one of the it's so witty. It's written so well. Um it's if you like Fire of the Concords is that kind of comedy. You know, it's really yeah. self-aware. Right, right. And just quite like just yeah, quite, yeah, yeah. so so funny. Uh if you haven't watched it yet, uh What We Do in the Shadows is what you should watch for sure I I da- no, that- The director, I by the way, uh Taika is also now directing the new
1: Thor movie in ah, 2017. Okay. So I am recommending a book. And it's a book I've read a little while ago. And I actually interviewed the author. She's a journalist from London. Her name is Monisha Rajay. She's originally, I think her family's from Chennai, but she's lived, I think she's like second generation immigrant. And she wrote this book called Around the World in, sorry, Around India in 80 Trains. So she takes, I mean, India has one of the largest. Right railway networks in the world. And she decides to do this thing where she takes eighty trains all across India. And it's it's quite fascinating. She travels twenty four thousand eight hundred and fifty five miles, which is the circumference of the earth, by the way. As okay. uh, she reaches like you know, the south, the north, the east, the west and she goes on some I really enjoyed this book because I realized there's, such, there's very little I know about the railway I've taken mm-hmm. trains many a times commuter trains yeah. right. you know everything and she does everything she does like the smaller commuter trains within the city and she does things like the Deccan Queen which is from Mumbai to Pune and there's so many things I didn't know like for example the Deccan Queen was the first ladies only car that it had um, first one to have a diner it was the first super fast so mm-hmm. um, and it just recently I found out this year it's celebrated the 87th anniversary oh, wow. which is lovely so she's Taken everything like palace it, on wheels,
2: huh. palace on wheels. Okay, sorry, oh, the yeah. different. I thought I was thinking was that the palace on wheels. No,
1: palace thinking. on wheels, Maharaja Express, the Durantos, the Shatabdis, and the one that I found particularly interesting in this book was that India has the world's first hospital train huh. called. Um, it's called Lifeline Express or Jeevan Rekha Express never heard of that mm-hmm. okay, I did not so even know that yeah. I know even I didn't until I read the so, book no, so
2: once what what is a hospital train is it I'm like, gonna
1: explain it to you right now okay. <laughs> I haven't finished my sentence <laughs> So this is the world's first hospital train and it is it started in 1991 and it's run by not just the, the Indian railways, but uh, there's a lot of support from this UK uh, NGO called Impact India Foundation, Impact UK. And they've completed like 120 projects and what they do is they go to really rural and inaccessible uh, areas within India where they provide medical services where it's not available. So for example, in the book, she witnesses like an orthopedic surgery inside the train. So, what they do is in the train, their whole job is that they go to these like rural areas, they think they, right. they uh, like. Uh, what do you call it? halt the train there and they do like on the spot like diagnostic oh, okay. Wow! they do surgeries they do treatments and within the train they have like two surgical operating theaters a recovery room power generators a pantry car storage for their medical supplies accommodation for the staff and they also have a dental unit a laboratory an x-ray unit and ophthalmologic Testing room. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Okay. So it's actually really fast. So it's, like it's like actually a hospital, an actual on, hospital yeah. on wheels, and it's been running since 1991, and it's wow. the it's the world's first hospital train. India had that. Okay. So we have a quite a fascinating. It still it runs. And it like still runs. Still use it? So when she got it, it was in Madhya Pradesh at the time, but they do projects all across. Oh, so okay. they basically go go to they, different places. Yeah. And they do everything from cataract surgeries to cleft right, lip. Right, to, right. um wow. She experienced an orthopedic uh, surgery with someone something happened to someone's leg or something and it was so fascinating so they basically go around doing this medical service and they help support other like government like medical networks and so i i didn't even know this about india and i'm telling you this book she writes really beautifully she's a journalist herself so she's she is a really good writer and i'd interviewed her on when i was working at radio one and she was really nice she actually talks about how I mean she's second generation immigrant she comes back to India and even though it's her motherland she said I India is the only place I feel like a foreigner and I get sense. that so and she talks about everything so it's not just like her talking about the trains it's also her journey of herself and what she goes through because India is also not an easy place, <laughs>
2: no, and it's yeah. the railway guys no, no, yeah. traveling That's in true. India is tough as hell. Yeah. It's
1: tough. So what she goes through during that, she ends up so like the Jules Verne book, who? right? She has she's accompanied by this photographer who she calls Passepartout, which is who? the character yeah. in uh, Jules Verne book, and what what she goes with goes through with him. You know, the, the, I think there is one point where uh, wait. Travel, I think, is the true test of yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's true. And I think that even though she invited him to come along as her photographer, like I think they have a falling out. Things get really dramatic. How she meets this like really cool guy when she's on that medical train and ends up having like this little thing with him. But all of it is not... Is not just about the trains; it's about her as well and her experience. So I like that. I like the a little bit of both. Yeah, yeah that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And it's not just like a slightly informative book because more like a lot of travel books don't don't so much it's not so much about their they're experience. Not maybe journeys. yeah, they're not really yeah. personal journeys. books
2: are not fun. Travel logs are. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I really enjoyed this book. She's a really good writer, and I did learn a lot about the Indian railway in this book. So I would definitely recommend it. And if you want to check out her her book or her website, it's really simple. It's eighty like eight. Zero, 80trains.com Alright, that's what i nice
2: as well. Nice. Yeah.
1: Cool.
2: That sounds so, pretty cool.
1: Next, yes. Wait, what was the name again? Around yeah. India in 80 Indeed. Trains. What is her name, the writer's name? Monisha Rajesh. Okay. So, next we've uh, got Amit with his TV show recommendations sure so
2: yeah I wanted to talk about a TV show which I really really enjoy it's one of my favorite shows that has, that's come out in the last few years it's called Person of Interest oh
1: I've seen
2: this one you I have? yeah uh, I really nice, enjoyed nice, it nice nice yeah, Jim yeah, it's Caviezel really, right? yeah Jim Caviezel uh, it's like so, one of those
0: big shows I've completely missed out on
2: uh, so it's uh, so actually the guys thing,
0: I actually watched this on a TV
1: okay <laughs> actually on TV so
2: do I, I watch this on television as well I watch everything on TV uh, but but uh, uh, um, so th- this is a really awesome show. And actually, there's a reason probably why you missed it. Because the show changed completely over this, well, from what it started out as, right? It started out as like the uh, this, you know, like a normal standard procedural with mm. a twist. Like, you know, Elementary or House or any of these kinds of shows. Which is like, you know, it's a uh, something of the week kind of thing. And there's a slight twist to it. Good. It started out like that. So, I mean, like the premise of the show is uh, you have a reclusive billionaire tech genius. Uh, there's a guy named Harold Finch. Who was played by Michael Emerson, which a lot of people mm. might remember from Lost. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so oh, yeah, the super, yeah. Creepy, dude yeah, the super creepy dude from Lost. That, that, yeah, the super creepy dude from Lost. That's who it is. And uh, so he invents an AI machine that scans pretty much all the data that exists in the U.S., right? I mean, like surveillance cameras, cell phones, emails, like just everything. That and is super creepy. It is super creepy. And basically, it analyzes all of the data, True. and analyzing it, it then is able to predict threats. Somebody's oh, going to okay. get killed, or some—you know—somebody you know, somebody's about to kill somebody. So the U.S. government wants this to basically neutralize terrorist threats. That's their idea, right? Now, what happens is that the way that he has set this up is that he doesn't get just the terrorist threats mm. or the national security threats. He even finds out about personal murders. At least the machine does, right? Okay. But the government doesn't want to do this because I mean, it's a like you said, it's really creepy, right? This kind of yeah, surveillance, yeah. this kind of overt surveillance.
1: It's that uh, that whole idea of your own personal privacy uh-huh. versus your own personal safety. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's it's just, yeah, well, yeah, they're,
2: yeah, but so yeah, that that's all part of that, right? So the idea that. Um, uh, so so they don't want to if they started stopping every single murder that happened domestic yeah. murders and stuff like that people would figure out that there's something going on right, right. so they, they basically categorize what. so they get these social security numbers right. and they categorize them as uh, relevant or non-relevant mm. so the relevant numbers are basically social are uh, national security threats and the irrelevant numbers are personal kind of things okay. and now so Finch has a really tough time with this he can't reconcile this idea that there are irrelevant people people feel like that's which you know they're irrelevant right so he uh so he basically needs to find so he he wants to kind of do something about that so so the system he creates uh, so there's actually another interesting aspect to this so he creates what's called a closed system right so the idea is that nobody knows what's happening inside what the machine is thinking Mm. how it's deciding What's nobody knows that because he's cognizant of this fact that you know it's really super creepy to have this kind of surveillance so he's like the machine does its own thing it gives you a number uh, it, it, it spits out a number based on like you know all of the surveillance and stuff that it does
0: Yeah, so, so it's not like he can actually watch videos what, or look at an exactly, email yeah. okay.
2: Exactly. he just gets well, the threats at the end of it that's not exactly true but that kind of is true okay. uh, so, that, but, so that's what he set up for the government hmm. oh, so okay. that the person, the people in the government cannot actually see what's see, happening they yeah. just get a social security number and the thing is that they don't know they just get a social security number and they know there's something about this person oh, they don't they know have if the, to investigate they, they, investigate. they have to investigate yeah, they okay. don't know if the person is going to commit an act oh. or if the person is going to be a victim of an act
1: oh okay so
2: you know so there's an actual investigation process required for it right Uh, so that's strange if you don't know whether they're that's the perpetrator so the the idea is that you know you gotta go in and you gotta find out what's going on we're just giving you a hint now find out what's up Right, and so they basically so that's what the government does, and he can't handle the idea that there are people who the government are thinking is irrelevant, right? So he starts recruiting a team to kind of save the irrelevant people. So the first person he recru- recruits is Jim Cavizio, Uh John yeah. Reese. Basically, the name of the character is John Reese, played by Jim cavaziel yeah. uh, Basically, I call him Jesus Batman for this show because <laughs> uh, he played Jesus in the Passion of the Christ, yeah, yeah. and that. in this show he pretty much plays Batman. Uh, Batman. Yeah, so I call him Jesus Batman. But he starts out as like a uh, homeless kind of guy and uh, uh, he's uh, hassled by a bunch of Russian gangsters and then uh, you find out that he's XCI and Special Forces because he pretty much destroys them in a fight Uh, then there are other characters who Finch also kind of brings along right so there is uh, so he has two police uh, allies as well there's Joss Carter who's played by uh, Taraji Henson Henson,
1: Henson from from Empire Empire, and
2: there's Kevin Chapman who you've probably seen like a billion things Uh (laughs) Uh, Kevin Chapman is basically a corrupt cop Taraji Henson plays the uh, upright kind of uh, police person uh, and uh, you know I mean like so this this is a team that they start out with a, a, as the years go on they get a couple of other interesting people like uh, Amy Acker joins the team as a master hacker Okay. Uh, and Sarah Shahi joins as like so she's the equivalent of Jim Cavazio but she works for the relevant numbers so she works for the national security oh. apparatus oh, okay. got it, got it, got it. and then she kind of switches sides over to them uh, at that so they all basically become this team and so what's really interesting about this show is it starts out as this number of the week procedure hmm. right you get get a number you find out what's going on and then you kind of investigate and that's your show but it changes from that into something really really intense and really amazing right Uh, there are so many conflicting ideas that come up in this show right which you don't really realize that they're playing against each other so on the one hand these people are helping each other uh, helping people right so they're the good guys Mm. but the kind of surveillance they used to do the investigation they basically hack into anybody's cell phone they'll clone they're crossing some serious lines they're doing whatever the hell they want but at the same time they're the good guys know that they're doing something because they're trying to commit a murder. So what is the degree that you want to allow that? You, you know, sorry I mean, like yeah. that's an interesting aspect. Since they never know if the person who they are looking at is a victim or a perpetrator, it can cause some really really crazy surprises. Correct.
0: One okay. of the
2: most memorable characters, like you know, recurring characters on this show is a guy who was introduced as a victim and uh, they thought he was a victim, and they're running around trying to save him. And at the end of the show, you find out that this guy is actually the biggest mafia don in the city. Oh. Uh, oh my so, god yeah so I mean like that's you know they, they, awesome. you get all of these kinds of spoilers. spoiler
1: alert, alert too late guys <laughs>
2: well you I, I, th- I think I covered it enough so that you wouldn't really figure out that it's a spoiler because they run around protecting people all over the city in pretty much every other episode okay. and that's pretty much all I told you guys except for that it turns out to be a mafia don at the end <laughs> uh, then uh, you know I mean like uh, other thing it does is it gets really existential in some ways right especially yeah. towards the later years when the AI hmm. starts becoming a character in and of itself right. the artificial intelligence which we call the machine that starts displaying its personality and that really becomes then at that point in time you got to start asking yourself if a machine is able to learn if it is able to become like you know if it's able to reinvent itself constantly what is humanity and what is like you know What to what degree is this ma- like I mean like can you treat this machine like a machine anymore
0: yeah how do you trust the machine anyway
1: so how does, do you yeah. trust the machine that yeah. becomes one that, yeah. that
2: that's also something you played with all the time right you don't know how the what, because that machine is closed you don't know what's going on inside that machine you just know that he's giving you numbers
1: hmm. so this is a really so I this is podcast podcast recommendation guys uh, from yeah. a podcast company <laughs> It is called the Infinite Monkey Cage, okay. and it's hosted by Brian Cox, who's a physicist, and this comedian who, for I don't know why right now, but I can't remember his name. And in every episode, they 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 pick a topic and they sort of break it down. And one of them was artificial intelligence, yeah. and they looked at it, and it was really funny because at one point you want to understand whether artificial intelligence, like you said, it keeps and continues to mm-hmm. reinvent itself, but what makes you human is Error that yeah. you learn uh-huh. from your mistakes, yeah. right. right? And so there was one, there's a uh, comedian. She's so funny. She actually says, she's like, well, my husband makes mistakes all the time. He never takes the trash out and things like that. <laughs> right. like that. That's what it means to be human. Yeah. Okay, that is it. Yeah. And it's funny, but to try to understand. So if you make... um um, if artificial intelligence is it, like, so this is the idea of like, it being perfect. It never makes any mistakes. It always like, like when we're doing like self, like when we're understanding self like, driving cars, you're no, trying to I, make it like, more and more perfect. Yeah. No, no, right?
2: but I don't think that that's the case at all. That artificial intelligence does not make errors, right? I mean, like because no, not
1: that in the sense that I'm um, human error oh. is yeah. different For from you, like. A okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. there's a very subtle yeah. difference. Yeah. So understanding that how. Uh, the, the, the eras that we're talking about right. with technology is very different from human eras so it was right. trying to find that like, fine line of like what is it to be human and what is yeah. arti- uh, so trying to I, break down what exactly you know, the,
2: that's what I find so interesting about shows like this Right, yeah. I, I find artificial intelligence just fascinating in general right mm-hmm. but uh, one of the reasons that I really love the show is uh, it asks these kind of really tough questions and they put them in situations right where these questions kind of come up come it, up in like a very kind yeah. of uh, immediate way right I mean like uh, so alright this is a mildish spoiler so one of the things that happens in this show is uh, Finch deliberately cripples the machine hmm. right Harold Finch the, guy, uh, the, the main yeah, guy yeah, he deliberately yeah. cripples the machine by making it lose its memory every night because he doesn't want it to get too far ahead now okay. what is the ethics of a situation like that Okay, I mean, like this is a self-learning machine, right? He has created a machine which is basically able to learn stuff on its own. But every night he destroys its memory so that it starts to scratch and starts from the starts from the beginning again. So, what are the ethics of something like that?
0: Wait, I don't get why he does
2: that. Uh, he does that because he doesn't want the machine to get too far ahead, right? He doesn't want it to learn too much. Okay, you're worried about the singularity. You're worried about things like that, where the machine then starts making decisions on behalf of humanity. Okay. So you have to kind of so he destroys the machine every night essentially and basically formats it so what are the ethics of something like that
1: wait who's the person of interest
2: guys uh, the person of interest is the that number that
1: social security number, number that you get the the
2: the number. <laughs> the
1: number the who's the person <laughs> Kim how am I solving this mystery yeah. Yeah. should be a clear answer <laughs> that guy I, I, actually
2: just uh, two more things I should mention about this show right one is it is probably the best action show that's ever been on television the action sequences in this show mm. are ridiculous mm. and the way they use music in this show is insanely amazing mm. they do so they do these long montages which are set over uh, different songs so they've done so they did one montage set over I'm Afraid of Americans by David Bowie they did another one set over a version of uh, Hurt by Johnny Cash and I mean like seriously that one is so that is after the death of a major character and uh, I've shown that video to people without having them any context and they're all like holy crap that looks amazing I gotta watch this show
1: yeah yeah so um, we have recommended a book a film and a TV show the book I recommended is Around India in 80 Trains by Monisha Rajesh and the TV show recommended by Amit is Person of Interest and we have a film called What We Do in the Shadows that's suggested by Sharania so every week we'll be suggesting the things that we like and stuff you should totally check out might be a chocolate bar this week it it might be a song next week a song is nice (laughs) an album an album not a whole album, yeah. A whole album. Yeah. yeah not just one song yeah. we'll give you more i <laughs> find a mock album guys mock yeah. <laughs> album
2: mock book it's t- your challenge yeah. <laughs> you, you can record that you can review that this is final that album <laughs> that's so good
1: well guys thank you so much this was really good we'll see you next yeah. week